continue to talk about. So before we do, uh, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And as you find your way there, uh, if you don't mind, please join me in a word of prayer. Father God, thank you. Um, thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, you are enough. And you are good. And you are here. I want to thank you for the promise of your word. King Jesus, when two or more gathered in your name, that you're present. That there's a special manifestation of your spirit when we come on purpose and show up to worship you. And it's awesome. Holy Spirit, we recognize that you're the teacher of this church. So we ask you now to come and take your place in our pulpit to teach us, to guide us, to lift up Jesus Christ in our midst that we might see him clearly. And as we see him, we know that we'll be drawn to him. And that is what we need today. More than anything else, Jesus, we need to be drawn to you. So mold us, make us, change us from the inside out. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So guys, if you have your Bibles, I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 18. We're going to read 18, 19, and 20 together. But before we do, you kind of need to know the background. So Paul is is writing to the church in Corinth, and man, they are a divided group of people. Uh, They're divided over who they follow. Some of the people in the church in Corinth want to follow Paul. Some of them want to follow Apollo. Some of them want to follow Peter. Uh, Man, they are divided in in the way they think about the message and, and how the message is is presented. Some people think that the message should be more uh, philosophically based. They think that the the gospel, if you will, um, has grown a little tired. Um, they, they think that the cross is kind of foolish. And they look at the philosophers of the day um, in Corinth. And, and so they're saying to the teachers of the church, why aren't you like them? Why aren't you spending time in preparing arguments? Why aren't you having the deep thoughts? Why aren't you as well-polished of a speaker as they are? And, and so they're kind of wanting to bring that kind of stuff into the church. And, and not only are they divided in that, they're also divided in, in how you're supposed to act as a believer. They're, they're divided on, on what is sin and what is not sin. They're divided on how to handle sin as a church. Do you, do you coddle it and say, oh, it's okay. Do you ignore it? Do you, like, what do you do? And so Paul's writing to this divided group of people. And to these people, he pens these words, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 starting in verse 18. He says, now some uh, are arrogant as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk, but the power of those who are arrogant. Okay? So he's like, listen, there's some people around you, there's people in your midst, and they are telling you that what we're doing is not enough and that they know better. And, 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 and they're saying to really grow this thing, we've got to be like the culture. Okay, we got to be like the culture. We've got to have these polished arguments. We've got to have this great show. And if we're like that, then, then that, and so Paul's like, cool, I'm going to show up. I'm coming. Okay, I'm coming. And, and Lord willing, if I come, when I show up, I'm not going to listen to their talk. I want to see if they have any power. Because he's saying, listen, you can have the fanciest arguments known. You can have the most polished speeches known to man. But, but if they don't have the power of the kingdom, they're not of God, right? And, and so he says, uh, he, so, so reading on, right, um, in, uh, in verse uh, 19. He says, but if I come to you soon, Lord wills, I'll find out not what talk, but the power of those who are arrogant. And then verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And that's kind of where we're going to camp out on that verse right there, verse 20. I've got it on the screen for you. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. I just want you to think about that for a second. What, what do you think Paul means? Which is, man, the kingdom of God isn't, isn't a kingdom about talk. It's, it's about power. Now, now contextually, we think back to, to the fact that there are people within the church that want the, the pastor's messages specifically to, to be um, kind of more like the culture. They want them to be well-reasoned, well-thought-out. They, they, they somehow think that the gospel is not 
enough and, and they need more. So Paul kind of writes these people and he's like, hey, dude, listen. Listen, you can have the most well-polished speeches known to man. You can cram all the best syllables together and make all the best words, right? I know somebody once had said, I know all the best words. I'm not saying who that was, but I'm just saying. Um, right? And, and you, you could know all the best words. And Paul's going, listen, all of that, all of that can completely lack power. So the kingdom of God isn't just about polished speech. It's not just about great reasoning. The kingdom of God is, is, is about power, right? And, and, and so that, that statement I want us to think on a little bit this morning. What does that mean that the kingdom of God is, is, about, is, is a kingdom of power specifically? Now, is, is Paul referring to, to the miracles that he, that he did, right? I mean, Paul performed some miracles, didn't he? I mean, I mean, at one point in Paul's ministry, like, like Paul would walk into town, it just seemed like everybody that had a cold got well, you know? I mean, Paul, they were, they were bringing handkerchiefs uh, to Paul, and he was praying over, and the handkerchief, the people didn't even have to come. The handkerchief would go back, and people in the house would get well, right? I mean, CBN tried to do this not long ago, where you could send them $19.99, and they would send you a, pa- a handkerchief that Benny Hinn had touched or something, you put it under your bed, you're supposed to get well. I mean, I, I don't think that's the kind of thing that was going on. But, but dude, Paul was doing some stuff, right? And so when he says, listen, the kingdom of God is, is not a kingdom of talk, right? But it's a kingdom of power. Surely he's talking about miracles, right? And that's what we would read into it. Surely that's, that's what most people have thought. And so here's what I want to, I, I kind of want to say is, listen, context is, is huge when we read the Bible. And so what I want to do this morning, and by the way, so I'm going to start this here because I know how this is going to sound, okay? So I, I'm just, from, from the very beginning, I want you to know, okay, I want you to know, number one, we, we, we believe in miracles here. Okay, we, we believe in miracles. We, like, like, I'm not in any way saying like we don't believe. We believe in miracles. I believe Paul performed miracles. The Bible says that. I, I believe that miracles bring glory to God. We, we believe all that. Um, I, so you know, I, me, me, like my interpretation um, of, of the text is, is that, listen, um, all those manifestational gifts that make some people uncomfortable, like, like healing and speaking in tongues, like all those things, uh, my understanding of the text is those things will be active until Jesus returns, until the perfection comes again, right? That those things are going to be active. So that may make you uncomfortable. I understand. It, you know, sometimes that makes me uncomfortable, right? But that's, that's kind of what the, what the Bible says, my interpretation. So you can be a cessationist. I'm not. Uh, I don't, I, the Bible doesn't, for, for me, my interpretation won't allow me to do that. But, but for you, you can be. And, and listen, that's cool, all right? But, but, but listen, what I'm, what I'm saying is, guys, we believe in the God of miracles, amen? We believe in the God of miracles. We believe God is alive, he's active, he's powerful, he, he still does that. Now, having said that, I want to say this to you, okay? Most scholars would tell you that after the ministry of Jesus and the, the apostles, especially Paul, it seems like those miracles don't happen at quite the same pace, Amen? Right? They're not quite as, the regularity has, has, has changed, most scholars that study the Bible would, would tell you that in the history of church history, like, like it, it's changed. And, and so here's what I'm going to say to you um, this morning. This is why kind of our, our, our talk is really important because there's some people um, very similar to the people in Corinth today that they think that we need to add. They think that the church needs more and we need fancier talk and we need better songs and we need different lighting. And, and listen, all those things can add, Right. Uh, they, we, we need more healings. I, I don't know if you've, you've um, kept up with what's going on. There's been some really big church leaders that have said they've, they're walking away from the faith altogether. Uh, some, some of them pastors, some of them songwriters. And, and one of the things that caught me in one of those guys in, in his post was, well, you know, let's talk about things we never talk about. <laughs> there are miracles, but not many. Right? And, and, and I think, listen, here's the danger. If you don't understand the power of the kingdom of God, 
and what that power is, if you think it's only miraculous power, then you may think that God's not working, right? And so this morning, I think it's really, really important that we grasp this. And so, so here's uh, what I, I want to do. I, I, I want to show you why I believe that when Paul says the kingdom of God is, is not um, talk, but it's power, I want to show you why I don't think he's just talking about miracle power, okay? And it begins all the way at the beginning of, of, of the letter. Now, when you read the latter part of the New Testament, guys, we call those epistles. Those are all letters, right? You write a letter for a reason. So we wouldn't open up to chapter 4, middle of the letter, and, and take something from the middle of the letter and not count like why the letter was written, right? We wouldn't do that. That wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't quote me from the middle of my letter if, if I said, hey, I'm writing you to wish you a happy birthday. And later I said, I can't believe how old you are. And you go, oh, that guy thinks I'm old. Right? Well, no, I was actually, I was calling it, like I was writing you to tell you happy birthday. I think it's a miracle that you're still alive. You know, that kind of thing. But it's not just that you're old. I was writing to tell you happy birthday. Right? So you got to be careful we don't take things out. So, so listen, the context of 1 Corinthians starts right here in chapter 1, where Paul t- talks about this power. And so 1 Corinthians uh, 1, verse 18, he says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it's what? It is, it is the power of God to those of us who are being saved. So listen, Paul's listening. The, the, the power of the kingdom, ready, is, is talk about the cross. It's, it's, you guys think it's foolish, but the gospel itself is the power of God to bring people from, from death into life. So it's kind of a, a big deal. Now, full disclosure, um, Paul then will go on in chapter 2 to say this, uh, 1 Corinthians. He says, my speech and my preaching weren't, weren't with persuasive words of wisdom, but with, with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not be based on human wisdom but on God's power. Now some people have taken that and they've gone, see he's talking about miracles and I'll just, let me meet you halfway. He could be. Okay, it's me meeting you halfway. He could be. He could absolutely be. But contextually, I think the better argument is made that Paul's saying, listen, I came to you with my weak preaching. I can't, I'm not eloquent. Like, I didn't come to you um, with, with well-manicured words that had been polished or great. I came to you preaching the cross. And look what happened. Your lives were transformed by the power of the gospel, right? And, and, and you received the Holy Spirit, and then the works happened, right? Those, those kind of things. And so um, I, I, just, I, I feel like it's important to, to start here, guys. Um, why does that matter? Why does it matter? that we, we spend all the time kind of setting this up. I think it matters because of the context. Um, Paul was speaking to a group of people that were seeking out some other type of power. They wanted wise words. They wanted eloquent speaking. They wanted reason arguments. And, and man, maybe that's you today. Maybe you showed up and you came through the doors and you want something other than Jesus. You want, you want to see a, a miracle. You want somebody to lay hands. You want somebody to fall out like they do on TV. Some shaking and writhing up in the things. I, I don't know. Maybe you want to hold a snake and see if you get bit. People show up and they have all kinds of things. They, they want more. I'm looking for something sensational. I'm looking, I'm looking for something effectual. I'm looking for something that's, that's different than, than just the cross. I'm, I'm looking for something that I can experience. Like, and, I, and I don't know what you're going through. Like maybe you're here this morning, and, and you've got mountains in your life, and we'll get there, okay? But, but maybe you showed up, and you're looking for something more, and I, I'm just here to tell you, like, don't miss the power of God, because the heart of what Paul is writing to people that are, are looking for more than the gospel, he's going, he's going like, listen, don't miss this. The power... The power of God is, is found in the gospel, right? And, 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 and so we'll, we'll kind of get to that. I just don't want you to miss this morning 
the, the power of the cross of Christ. So listen, I'm halfway done with my time, and I haven't made a point yet, so I should get to it. Um, and I have four, by the way, which will, may freak you out, but they're really, really quick. So, uh, so four things I, want, I, I hope to teach you this morning about the power of the, this kingdom of God, because it is a kingdom of power. Paul's absolutely right. He says, listen, it's not a kingdom of words. It's a kingdom of power. Like, like the kingdom of God is power. And, but what does that mean? So, so four things. Number one, first and foremost, it means uh, that it's the power to save. The power of, of the kingdom of God is, is the power to save right? The power to save. And, and like, this is the whole story from, from death to life. The, 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 the foolishness of the cross is that Jesus came and he did for us something that we couldn't do for ourselves and that by his life and his sacrificial death, by his resurrection, somehow he takes people that are dead and he brings them into life. Like, like that's the gospel. So Paul says in, in the book of Ephesians chapter two, he says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of the world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that's not working those who are disobedient. And then he goes on uh, later in chapter 2 to say this, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love uh, that he had for us, he made us alive in Christ, even though we are dead in our trespass. And so literally, the gospel, the power of the gospel, it's the power of God, the power of the kingdom, to take dead people and make them alive. So when Jesus came, remember the kingdom of God, the future realm of the kingdom of God, invaded the present evil age. So we live here, and now we get life. Like, because Jesus came now dead, Dead people can live right now. They don't have to wait until they die, which is crazy. Because Jesus shows up and he says, man, I am the resurrection and the life. And so we, we, have, this, we have this great kingdom power to live right now. And man, I, I don't know about you. I, I thought this, um, this morning, uh, kind of in my spirit, I was, I was literally, I was actually saying it. And, and then I was like, ooh, that'd be cool. Um, does anybody remember their first breath? Don't, do you? Wouldn't that be cool? Right, because there was a time, I don't want all the memories, bro. Just the breath, like, like that, that, that minute or whatever, with, yeah, I don't need to go back and relive that. But the, but the first breath, when my lungs filled up for the first time, and I, I screamed and peed everywhere. Like, I want to remember that time, you know, that moment. And I, I, think, I think there's power in that. But we, we, we can't remember our first physical breath, can we? But you know what I can remember? I can remember my first spiritual breath. I remember the very moment I gave my life to Christ. I remember the difference I felt immediately. I remember knowing that I was forgiven. I remember knowing that my burden was gone. I remember knowing that I was a child. Like it all happened like in, a, in, in this glorious, like, like I was like, whoa! Uh, like if you ever see somebody that turns into a superhero and they get power raging through, they're like, ah! I just remember that moment. I was like, ha, 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 you better watch out. Uh, in a good godly way, right? In a good godly way. And um, I just... I just, I remember, I, man, it just, this weight was gone. I had been walking around. I, 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 I didn't feel like I had any value in life. I didn't feel like I had any purpose in life. And suddenly, like, God was like, bam, here's who you are. This is what you're going to do. And I was like, whoa. I, I remember that first breath. Listen, that's why Jesus came, right? Um, Paul says it this way in, in uh, Romans 1.16. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, right? Because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It's the power of God of salvation for everyone. Do you remember what happened in Acts chapter 2? Day of Pentecost? Everybody spoke in tongues, right? That's what happened. That's what happened. They all spoke in tongues. Okay, yes, absolutely. Uh, the Holy Spirit descended upon them. They all spoke in tongues. And it gathered this huge crowd. And all these people came. And they heard what the, what, what the disciples were saying in their own native tongues. And they began to praise God too. So, so like... 
thousands of people show up, and then, here's, here's the real, because everybody thought the tongues were the miracle. Here's the miracle. Then Peter, the coward, right? Uh, he's also not the coward. He's the one that jumps out of the boat. But Peter, the one that ran away, Peter, the denier, jumps up in front of people and proclaims the gospel. He's like, this is Jesus. This is what you did to him. You're the one that killed him, but he still loves you. You can have life in him. And like, it says that the, the crowds, they were, they were cut to the core. It literally says that their hearts were pierced. And get this, he didn't have to offer an invitation. This is grass church right there. The preacher preached and he didn't even get to the invitation. They were like, um, what do we do next? How can we be saved? The, the gospel took hard heart. These people just killed Jesus. It, they took hard heart. People had just nailed our savior to a tree and they felt good about it. And, and then Peter stands up, proclaims the, the cross. Foolishness. You mean that guy that died on the cross was the savior of mankind? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Proclaims the foolishness of the cross and the power of the kingdom of God pierced the hearts of wicked men and brought them to life that very day. 3,000 got saved. Woo! Amen? That's church. That is the power. Listen. Primarily, first and foremost, the power of the kingdom of God is the power to take dead people and bring them to life. That is why Jesus Christ came, Luke 19, 10, the Son of Man, came to seek and to save those that are lost. That's the power of God. Okay, But the power of the kingdom is not just to save. The power of the kingdom, I want you to see, is also to sustain. To sustain. All right? And this is, uh, this is huge too, man. The power of the kingdom of God is, is not just to save us. It's not a someday power. Okay? It's not a someday power. The kingdom uh, power is not a someday power. It is a two-day power. Right? The, the kingdom of God is not just for me one day when I stand before God. And I'll get to stand before him and go, hey, I got the, I got the perfect righteousness of Jesus accredited to me. It's in, it's in your heavenly records. Like You've taken care of that for me. That's why I get into heaven. Like It's not just a someday thing. It's a two-day thing because the power of the kingdom of God also lives in me now. And today I get to experience life and strength and, and, and power. It is the power and the strength that helps me get through the hardships of life. Paul uh, wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, he says, man, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Some of you walk through the doors this morning and you feel that verse, don't you? And you feel afflicted right now. You feel like the enemy is pressing in, but guess what? You're not crushed. He goes on and says, man, we are, we are perplexed, but we are not in despair. Some of you have no idea how you're going to get out the hole you're in. You are perplexed right now. You're looking at life. You're looking at your checkbook. You're looking, going, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to dig out of this. You're, you're thinking about your future. You're going, man, I don't know how I can, I can fix that mistake. I am, I'm perplexed, but guess what? You're not in despair. Some, uh, he says, we are, we are persecuted, but we have not been abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. Then he writes this in... Philippians 4, here's the context of Philippians 4, 13, starting verse 12. It says, I know both how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstance, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in uh, an abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Friends, that is the power of the kingdom of God at work in a man's life. 
When he comes to this understanding that no matter what life throws my way, I am going to be okay, right? I can, I can deal with a lot and I can deal with a little because Jesus never leaves me or forsakes me. No matter how big the mountain is or how low the valley is, that God is with me, that he never leaves me and that it will be okay. What's that little phrase? This too shall pass. And that is what life is about. It's one, this too shall pass. After another, this too shall pass. After another, this too shall pass. And I fear that some of you have heard a different gospel. That you heard that if you gave your life to Christ, nothing would have to pass. Everything would be great and grand and glorious all of the time. God would prosper you and your health would be wonderful and you'd be rich. And yet when God speaks of riches, he talks about heavenly reward, right? When he talks about health, he's usually talking about spiritual health. It's physical sometimes too, right? I just want you to understand the power that we're talking about. Third thing I would say to you this morning, guys, is that the power of the kingdom of God is the power to share. So the power of the kingdom is the power to save it's the power to sustain, and, and, and lastly, I, well, not lastly, because I got one more for you, but I, but I would say it's also the power to share, guys. Um, you were saved, we were saved, so that we could share the good news of Jesus. That's the truth of the gospel. We were saved so that we could share, so that we could tell others that through Jesus, God is reconciling um, sinners to himself, right? That's, that's the message we're called to share. And I'm looking at your faces right now, and what you're saying to me with your facial expressions is absolutely not. Not me. I, 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 I'm just telling, that's the face I'm getting from, so some of y'all need to smile or something, because y'all are like, mm, mm, mm. So what, one of you ducked, I'm not going to point you out, but you ducked. I said it in the... It's like, you're saved to share. Nope, like it was going to go over you somehow. Nope, miss me. That's for somebody else. Some people believe it's the pastor's job to do this. It's the pastor's job to go out and share. And so um, the pastor's job actually, according to the Bible, is to equip the people of service or equip the people of God for, for all um, acts of service. And so um, I, I want to just take you to the scripture. And here's what the scripture says. Acts 1.8, um, start there. It says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You get kingdom power and you get the power of God. And the power of God is there to help you be a witness. Because God knows that you need that power, right? Because we don't like to be witnesses. You get the subpoena in the mail and it says you've got, you've got uh, jury duty and you start thinking of excuses. Right? <laughs> I'm dying that day. Sorry, can't make it. Right? I'm going to have pneumonia. You have pneumonia? No, I'm going to have pneumonia. How are you going to get it? I don't know, but I will figure it out. I am not coming to jury duty. And we, like, we start, so we kind of, we start going, eh. Well, listen, guys, Acts 1-8 is God's subpoena to all of his kids to say, you've got to appear before a watching world, and you have to testify about what you know. Now, now listen, the scripture is very clear. God did not call everyone to be a pastor. He didn't call everyone to be a preacher or a prophet. Like That's not God's call. That's not how spiritual gifts work. And so we, we realize that. But he does call everyone to be a witness. And that means that you walk up and you go, hey, I, here's what I know, right? Like, 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 and it's cool. Like, I, I love it when people are like, I don't know. But, you know, I, I, had, one, I had one person in um, my last church that would often say, like, my pastor could probably explain it better than me, but I'm just going to tell you what I know. And then what they would say was 10 times better than what I ever had, right? I was like, that, that's awesome. I never thought about that. So what you do is you get up 
up. And, and so you don't have to preach the whole gospel. You have to preach how the gospel affected you, right? See, here's what I know. All I know is that, that I had no purpose in life. I felt like I had no value in life. I had reached a point that I was exhausted trying to deal with it all on my own. That's who I was. And then Jesus came in. And he invaded my space and he invaded my life. And I don't know what to tell you other than I felt like I was going to die if I didn't surrender my life to him. In the moment that I did, all of the burden, all of the weight, and all of the shame, and all of the guilt, it was just gone, man. It's all I know. All I know is, is, is like, listen, I know what the Bible says. It says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Like, I know that. I mean, I, I know that. You can read that. But I'm just telling you, here's my experience. This is my story, right? That's what it means to be a witness, Here's what I saw. This is what I experienced. So, so listen, and, and, and here's the beauty. Man, God says, I'll give you the power, the power of the kingdom of God to do that, which is awesome. Jesus put in these words, Matthew 28, 18, 19. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. So, so listen, those two words, those are synonyms. We have power, we have authority. Jesus has given us the very authority of God to go and to be witnesses. So the power of God to save, to sustain, to share. Last one I want to share with you, and it's equally important, guys. We're not trying to hide this fact. Uh, the power of the kingdom is God's power to set things right. right. It is God's power to set things right. Can we just be honest? We live in a world with a lot of things that are wrong. Amen? We've got sin and sickness and separation, all those things hurt the heart of God. And one day, one day all those things are going to be set right. I mean, that's what the Bible says. When Jesus returns, all that gone. Like, all the, all, I, I, there, there'll be no news in heaven. I don't think, I don't think there'll be any news in heaven. I, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, the good news, like, hey, Jesus reigns. I, I, there, there's no 10 o'clock news in heaven. There'll be nothing to report. Nobody died. Nobody got murdered. Nobody got raped. Nobody was hurt. Nobody, I mean, nobody was injured. Nobody, like, there'll be nothing to report on the news. It'd just be like, Jesus. I, I mean, whatever. It'd be awesome. Okay? There'll, there'll be no 10 o'clock news in, in heaven. There, there can't be because all that's gone. When Jesus returns, he says, all, all things are going to be restored. Everything that's broken in creation, there'll be a new heaven, there'll be a new earth, uh, there'll be no weeping, there'll be no mourning, there'll be no death, there'll be no disease, there'll be no divorce. And, and, and literally, like, there's not even a sun because the radiance of God, like, that's it. I'm going, I, whoo, cool, because I've seen some pretty awesome sunsets and, and sunrises. I'm like, man, Jesus better than all that. Like, that, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. One day. One day it's going to be awesome. But hear me, today. Because in the person of Jesus Christ, the future kingdom of God invaded this present evil age. Today, sometimes, by his grace, we get a taste of that today. Sometimes. Somebody says, well, pastor, why? I don't understand. Why, why does God do it sometimes with that person, but not with that? I don't know. Maybe I'm the first person that ever stood in the pulpit and said, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, and, and you know, I read the Bible. I haven't found it in there either. Because God's ways are not our ways. Because I know what my ways would be. My grandparents, not yours, mine. Like, I, mean, I mean, if you only had so much, I'm just saying, like, God's got all of it. I, I don't know why. But I know that sometimes God chooses to answer those requests that are so bold that other people in church are uncomfortable with how boldly you just prayed. And sometimes God's like, yep, yep.
Sometimes, sometimes, and and Wayne Grudem says this in his book, Systematic Theology, it makes a whole lot of people uncomfortable. He says, sometimes prayer changes the way that God acts. Ooh, just think on that one for a bit. And that's all part of God's sovereignty. It was part of his plan from the beginning, that he would answer prayer. Okay, that's who he is. That's not, that doesn't mean God changed it. It's just like, that's who he is. In his nature, God pre-programmed this prayer thing to work. And, and, and sometimes, because in Jesus, the power of the future uh, kingdom invaded this present, sometimes we get to see those miraculous things now. So I always like to talk about it like this. Um, how many of you know anything about baseball? Anything about baseball? Okay, let's work with the other. How many of you know nothing about baseball? Only three of you? Okay, good. Then y'all are all going to get this. You that are lying and don't want to raise your hand go, I know nothing about baseball. This is going to go right over your head. Okay. So in baseball, all right, how many strikes and you're out? Three strikes. How many, how many balls before you get to take first base? Four. Okay, cool. You got it. All right. So a full count is how many strikes and how many balls? Okay, because something's going to happen. All right. So life is a full count. And in life, when we face really difficult situations, we have a choice. Because we're kind of the batter. And, and so, swing of the bat is a prayer. And we can either swing and say, God, I'm going to ask you to take this mountain and throw it in the sea. Or we can sit there and just take it. Right? It's kind of how it goes. And now listen, sometimes you're going to swing and miss. Sometimes you're going to swing, God, I really want that new job. <laughs> Come on, how do you be honest in your flesh? You've driven past a car and say, Lord, I'd really like that car. Anybody? Come on, anybody? I'm the only, me and two other people in this church, you are liars. <laughs> liars. We live in Texas. None of y'all have seen a truck and thought, oh, I would like that. Come on. Okay, oh, so I said car the first time. You're technical, aren't you? I, well, you didn't say truck. Suburban, big tires, extra trunk space. Got 20 miles a gallon somehow. It was a miracle. Like, it's easy. Sometimes I'm going to swing and I'm going to miss. And God's going to be like, dude, come on, man. You're asking for ice cream. It's two in the morning. But sometimes, I don't know why. Sometimes God's like, yeah, let's have some ice cream. Yeah, I'm going to heal him. Watch me work. Sometimes, for his glory, he does that. So what do we do when we... When we and and by the, that, too, is the power of the kingdom. So what do we do when we think about the kingdom like that? The power of the, so the power of the kingdom, of this future realm that's invaded this present evil age, is the power to save. It's the power to sustain me. Right? It's the power for me to share the gospel so others can be saved. And it, 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 it's the power to see miracles happen. What do I do with that? So I'm going, to give you, uh, I'm going to give you application. Guys, we have application here every week, and we do that because kind of the, the mission for our church is that we would teach people to love God well. Uh, that means you put God first, you love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Um, the second thing is that you would love others well um, because if you're going to love God well, you have to love others well. You can't, like, there, there can't be a bifurcation there. You can't try to split those th- two things up. Um, and, and, and so, but then we also have to be doers of the word. And so we can't show up to church and just hear the word we then have to leave church and do something about it. And so our goal here every week, um, every time you hear me preach, I will give you application. That application is not just because I wanted to talk for a few extra minutes. That application is to give you a tool to go home and to put into practice. So here's how I might try to put this message into practice. Um, step one, I would be challenged by this text to go share the gospel, right? Why? Because the gospel, according to Paul, is the power of God for what? For life, 
It's the power of God to life. Life and death, that's what it's about. Now, I know you're like, ah, you said gospel. I'm not a preacher. Just share your story, how the gospel affected you. That's what you're called to do. So here is more specific homework this week. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Um, I've been in churches that did that, and they make people uncomfortable. Um, I, 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 I do that enough naturally, so I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But um, I, I, w- I would, in your spirit, without raising your hand, when's the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? Or at least your experience. Your, when's the last time you witnessed to someone? Here's what God has done for me. And so my challenge coming out of that is then this week, if you're going to be a doer of the word, why don't you challenge yourself this week to find two people you can do that with? Two people this week. Be your, your student at lunch. Two pe- just two people. Text. Hey, dude. God's speaking to me. That's my Shane voice. He doesn't know that. But hey, man. Just telling you. It's kind of like Batman. Just hey. Um, I only work in black and sometimes dark gray. Um, be awesome. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. So I want to challenge two people this week. Two people that you can share what God has done in your life. Two people. All right? That's the first thing. Why? Because the gospel is the power for life. Okay? Um, number two. Um, uh, rest in God's strength. Rest in God's strength. Why? Because the, the power of the kingdom is the power to sustain me. Some of you are tired. How many of you woke up this morning and had three cups of coffee and felt, still felt like you need some more coffee? I need some coffee! You know why you are so tired other than staying up late and binge watching Netflix? Um, You are tired in large part because you are trying to be God. Okay? You are trying to call the own, your own stars out at night and tell the sun how far it should go and see where it should stop. You're trying to dictate every situation in your life, and that means you're not trusting God. And man, it is like, like whoa. Trying to be God is, is way too much. Trying to control your circumstances, trying to be the one that is, is the ultimate authority, it will wear you out in a hurry. And some of you this morning, and I love you, but I, I, your eyes give you away. Man, we greet one another, how are you? And you're like, I'm fine. And you say that with your face, and then your eyes are like, I'm dying on the inside. You can't be God. So stop trying, rest in who God is. God will sustain you. Listen, as a Christian, like here, here's the deal. I'm going to have great days, and I'm going to have some really cruddy days. That's life. That's life. And you know who's with me in my great days and my cruddy days? Because he's good, God. Like, on my worst day, Jesus hasn't left me. On my worst day. My worst day. I mean, on the worst day that I caused, Jesus still hasn't left me, right? On the worst day that's from, I'm not alone. Just rest in that. There is such rest in not being in control. Um, I learned, when we started talking about building a new church a few years ago, um, everybody had questions. Everybody has questions. Uh, well, what are we going to do? And what are we going to do about this? And what are we going to And at first, I thought I had to answer all of your questions. And I was dying on the inside. I was just like, ah, couldn't sleep. I was like, I don't know. And then finally, the Lord was like, just say you don't know. It's like, oh, that is so powerful. Well, what are we going to do? Are we going to do this? Are we going to build that? Are we going to have this kitchen? I don't know. Which one? You didn't know the first one? I don't, I don't know any of them. Don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You're the pastor. Yeah. I know that I'm supposed to teach the Bible so that I can equip the people for service. That's what I know. And I know God is with us, and I know that God's in the details. I know that he's got this, and I know that you can go home and rest knowing that this church will always present the gospel, knowing that this church will always hold out the word of life, knowing that this church is committed to seeing families transformed in the image of Christ. 
And you can rest well in that. And you don't have to worry about all the details because God has got us, all right? It's a big deal. Lastly, uh, say you need to pray for God's grace and healing, okay? And what I'm saying to you is this. Um, we still believe in the God of miracles. So what we're going to do in a moment is uh, I just believe in a crowd this size. We, I know in the morning service, which is about a third of this size usually, we still had several people that are just, man, they're just going through some really hard stuff right now. And, and, and what they're going through to them just feels like a massive mountain, and they feel like they're never going to be able to make it through it or over it or, or you name it. And so what we did is we just kind of had a little bit of a prayer service, and, and I just said, man, if you're here and you're overwhelmed, I, I'm, I'm going to have an opportunity for you to come and let somebody else take that burden for you. Uh, that's biblical, by the way. It says we're supposed to pray for one another. And, man, I, I'm just going to tell you as your pastor, I've been in situations where I was so overwhelmed that I didn't feel like I could pray. I was been in situations I didn't know what to do. I was in situations where I was in such a dark place that I didn't know how to reach out even to my wife, right? And sometimes you just need to come forward and say, here I am, man. I just need you to pray for me that this mountain would be thrown into the sea, okay? And so uh, I'm gonna ask you where you are. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? We're gonna go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, as we do, Father, um, we come before you and we just ask that you do what only you can. Um, you are God, we're not. So this morning, what we're going to ask is that you would work in a very special way here in our midst. And Father, we're talking about your power. And this morning, that's what we're just declaring. You are powerful. You are able. Your love never changes, right? You are able. You still work miracles. We know that. We also know the greatest miracle you could do is to bring someone from death into life. So this morning, if you're here today... And every head is bowed, every eye is closed. You're here today and you do not know if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't know if you're alive. If that's you today, just where you are, would you just, just raise your hand right where you are? Just, just say, I don't know. Man, I don't know. Okay? Man, I don't know. Okay. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You guys put your hand down. The greatest thing that could happen to you today is you could be born of the Spirit of God today. And the Bible says this, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Today is the day of your salvation. That's what it says, today. Not one day, not someday, not Tuesday. Today is the day of your salvation. And this is what we cry out to God, okay? All we have to do is believe and confess. So come before God with me and just pray this prayer. Just say, God, here I am. God, I'm so tired of trying to do it all by myself. God, I do believe in you. Jesus, I believe in you. Please come now and save me from this, from my sin, from my sadness. Take the reins of my life. Take control. God, please do that today. Today, I give you control of my life. Would you do that today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heads are still bowed, but if you, if you prayed that prayer this morning you, for the first time ever and you meant that, would you just raise your hand for me and say, hey, I meant that this morning. That's awesome. That's awesome. Today, I'm in. Today. That's cool. Okay, you guys with your hands up, just look at me real quick. Nobody else is looking. Just you guys. Just come see me at the end of the service. Just everybody will walk out. I just want to talk to you just for one second. No walk up the aisle, embarrassed. Just, I just want to talk to you. Just give me a couple of seconds, okay? You three. All right. Awesome. Okay, put your heads back down. Nobody knows who you are, just me. Well, and the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Jesus, you know. Here's what I want to do now.
I need a few uh, folks up here. I need a few folks to join me here for a second. Uh, Jason Crunk, can you join me up here? Dan Hyland, can you join me up here? Please. Paul Merch, can you join me up here, please? It's awesome. Aaron Anderson, can you join me up here, please? Ms. Pam, can you join me up here, please? All right, I want everybody to look up here for a second. We're going to stand um, in a second just to make it easier. Some of you guys are facing really, really hard things. It's, it's a mountain. Maybe it's a mountain of debt. Maybe it's a mountain of distance between you and your spouse. Man, maybe, maybe you, just, you just feel the walls of life just pressing in on you. And you almost, you just, you, you just feel this, this mountain of, of weight. Maybe it's a mountain of guilt. Maybe it's a mountain of shame. And, and you've tried and you just don't know how to get rid of it. You just don't know what to do and you are stuck. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to invite you to come because we believe in miracles. <laughs> And we're going to ask you to come and we're going to let these people pray for you. Guys with guys, girls with girls. I'm just going to ask you to come and to pray. And you just tell them, hey, I need you to pray for me. You don't even have to confess what the mountain is. But if you want to, what is said here stays here. These are all people that I know and trust and love. And you can come and they will pray for you. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. It's going to take brave people right now. Because you're going to have to admit amongst all these people, you're facing something that's hard. But these men and these women are going to pray for you and we're, it'll take as long as it takes. But let's not leave feeling like that mountain's going to kill us anymore. This morning, let somebody pray that God would just take that mountain and throw it into the sea. We believe that God can. So this morning, we're going to swing. All right? So would you stand up where you are? And uh, we're going to ask you to come forward as you feel that. You guys go ahead. So anybody that wants prayer this morning, you're going to come to one of these people, these fine people. Now listen, I had tons in the first service, so you can't tell me in, a, in three times the amount of people, nobody feels like they're facing a mountain in life right now. This is the service that's killing it. We got it all together, our act. Come on and come. Come on now. Man, I just need help. Man, I just need prayer. I just need somebody right now. Pray for me. Anybody. Guys, girls. Who's got a mountain of stress right now? You just can't see through it, right? Maybe it's work. Asking for big stuff. We're asking for miracles, God. That's what we're asking. God, we're asking for breakthrough. Maybe there's an addiction in your life. Had somebody in the first service that wanted to talk. And they just, man, I just feel like I'll never get past this thing. We prayed that thing would be thrown into the sea. Maybe your mountain is your past. You feel like the enemy just keeps reminding you of it over and over and over again.
Now, you guys out there, you don't be bored. You be praying for these folks. Just be praying. Lord, we're praying. God, we're praying you would cast these mountains into the sea. We're praying for victory. Lord, we're praying for change. Right? We're praying for forgiveness. Guys, as these guys finish praying um, over those that have come forward, I'd like to pray over you if you don't mind. And so you just bow your heads where you are. Um, somebody that, that just uh, might confess this morning, Pastor, I'd like, I'd like prayer. I didn't feel comfortable coming forward. But, um, but I, I'd ask that you'd pray over me specifically. Anybody just raise their hand and say, yeah, that's me. Just pray over me. Okay, amen. I'm happy to do it. Amen. Anybody else? Just please pray for me. Okay. Any marriages I can pray for right now this morning? Say, Man, I really want God to move in my marriage. Okay, what about parents, relationships with kids, anybody? Man, I just need it. I need that connection. I'm missing it. Okay, man, let's just pray. God, God, we, uh, we're going to boldly approach your throne. We know that it is a throne of grace. And we know that we get to approach because Jesus is what you've done for us. And so we're going to come in confidence this morning asking that that thing, you know the name of that thing in our life. That thing that seems unscalable. That thing that seems like we can never uh, get over it. That thing that seems like always trips us up. God, that thing that is keeping us from experiencing everything that you have for us. Today, Jesus, in your name, we ask that that thing, by your authority, by your command, would get up and hop in the sea. Please, Jesus, heal us, restore us. God, save us, use us. In your name, we ask all these things. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.